It's the Legend of Zelda and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ganon are pretty bad. Octorox Tech Tech's levers too. But with your help, our hero pulls through. Yeah, go Link. Yeah, get some. Awesome. Intense. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Your parents help you hook it up. The Legend of Zelda sold separately. Welcome back to another week of Geek Squatch, where nostalgia finds a giant hairy beast and spits out a podcast all about 80s and 90s geek culture, and holy crap guys, it's a big night for us. We're going to bring you our memories and the history of the original Legend of Zelda on the Nintendo Entertainment System, that gold cartridge, oh, the best, so... Um, I'm sure all of you guys have some great memories, and I know we do here. I am Brandon Kramer. I'm going to host for you tonight, and it is dangerous to go alone, so I brought the crew with me. I have not a damsel in distress, but a princess nonetheless, <laughs> Jamie McAllister. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm excited about this one. This is actually a game I played and awesome. was not horrible at, which is very <laughs> exciting. And rare. Yeah, very rare. Very it rare is, that I wasn't horrible at something. It is a pretty like like accessible game. Like as challenging as it is, it's not a very like technically demanding game. You know, like like oh, a platformer. So so anyway, um, let's go with everyone. Let me know what your favorite secondary weapon or your B weapon is in the Legend of Zelda. What, what other you, weapons were what's there? Your, there? What's was... your equipable? Like what like the, the boomerang, the bow and out? arrow, the 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 wizard staff thing. Wasn't there a grappling hook thing? No, that's yeah, a, that's, that's, that's a, a link to the past. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I guess the boomerang was probably the closest. Then that was always good. I like to be far away from the bad guys. Nice, so. nice. That magic boomerang yeah. in world in level two, you pick up. <laughs> nice, heck yeah, I'm a boomerang guy too. But all right, bring in the <laughs> Triforce of Power tonight, Colin Perkins. What's going on, man? So the Triforce is actually in eight pieces, which I was confused by when I was. <laughs> No, <laughs> there's three main Triforces. Eight, there's eight Power, levels, Wisdom, and Courage. And you get a piece of the Triforce. Zelda, dude, like, what? hang with this, Colin. Why We're gonna are we explain doing it to math? You. We're going to explain it to no, you. No, it, 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 it ends up making a lot of sense. It's fine. When are we going to get to that? Just <laughs> fast forward one, to Only one piece minutes. of the Triforce was sharded into eight pieces for the original game. <laughs> we'll get there. Holding the Triforce of Wisdom, because this guy knows his Zelda stuff. Alex Hirsch, what's going on, man? What up, man? This is the only subject I know anything about. If you've listened to any of our cryptogeology sequences, you'll get what I'm saying. <laughs> I always like secretly hope that something's going to come out and be like, "Man, fictional lands." Okay, cool, Alex. Uh, great job. Um, this is uh, the setting for the entirety of the Legend of Zelda series, and I'll be like, "Word, I got that. That's Hyrule. I understand my shit." Um, that's Hyrule or Middle Earth, and you missed your only Middle Earth. I missed the only to you. fucking Middle. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Oh, Colin, what would you, what's your what's your weapon, man? Um, oh, uh, my weapon would be well. The see, I love that boomerang because how impractical it is. Like, do you wouldn't you love to see like some dude running around streets like killing people with boomerangs? That'd be pretty ridiculous. It doesn't kill anything. Well, it kills bats yeah, and, well, it kills, and yeah, you know, whatever. I call them Hershey's kisses. <laughs> but um, let's just go with the bomb. The walkthrough I was watching this right. this dude was using uh... a bomb all over the place. Oh, dude. Yeah. Do you want yeah, the that boomer- piranha plant? 
one yeah. enemy with like the four heads yeah, on it. I, my favorite thing to do is to put that right in the middle and make him get and it blow him up in one go. Yeah. Nice. Oh, Alex, boy. what do you man? What's your what's your weapon? Let me get that lantern. The lantern rules because right. you could run around the forest and light all those fucking trees on fire, and some of them <laughs> have secrets behind them, and that's awesome. You just goes to red, show you, red lantern. Just goes to show you. I mean, just look at just look at Tennessee, man. You light the trees on fire, sometimes secrets come out. <laughs> not good ones, generally. Speaking. No, not good ones. They're, generally, generally you end up in prison, but that's you. fine. No, they're bodies most of the time. All right, with the Triforce of Courage, because someone has to have that one. Caleb, tell us what's going on, man. I get the leftovers. That's what's going on. Shit. Hey, I was Getting just the hot chick. I didn't off. even get a piece of the Triforce. That's true. There's only so many things I can do, guys. Come on. <laughs> you got four your, guests uh, and what... three pieces of Triforce, man. Exactly. What's your what's your what's your weapon, Caleb? Um. Well, everyone actually took my favorites. Um. So I will mention the whistle because it has some unusual characteristics. I guess the flute. Um, and it also shares the sound effect with another game. Hell yeah. Yes, it does. Another, probably one of my fa- other favorite games of all time. Um, Indeed. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, the flute definitely travel around and it warps you. It takes you like to the entrance of different dungeons, right? Correct. That's what it does. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Got, I did start a playthrough and I got to level five. Um, so I haven't quite got you the flute You use that yet, on a boss too. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you do you shrink yep. shrink mm-hmm. the one dude. Yep, with it. Well, cool guys. Um, we're gonna take a quick little um, audio break here, and we'll be back on the other end, and we'll dig into all about the Legend of Zelda. Watch Zelda become a legend on your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda. Which way to go? Good times. Legend of Zelda, a never-ending adventure new for your Nintendo Entertainment System. Zelda! All right, guys, we're back. We're going to jump in the Wayback Machine, and we're going to take you to August 27th, 2nd, 1987. This is when uh, The Legend of Zelda was released in the United States. It was released um, in February of 86 in Japan, and in fact, Zelda 2... Um, the Adventures of Link was released before this even got to the States. It was released wow. early in 87 in Japan. So by the time we got um, that gold cartridge in our hands, um, Japan had been playing Zelda for a year and a half and had been playing Zelda 2 for seven or eight months already. Um, we talked about that delay. Which, like, why, why a year and a half? Um, I don't know. Alex, you got anything on that? Like, in general? like What's that now? Why, you know, took, why, why, why that delay? Why that delay was so significant? Two things: one, translation, and second, mm-hmm. which is mi- actually relatively minor because there's not a whole lot of text, and a lot of the text in the Japanese version is in English, except for the kanji uh, for dialogue. Which mm-hmm. when you play this game, you know there's not a lot of it, but like your life bar and shit like that. A lot of menu items were in English. Um, yeah. The second and biggest reason is that um, it was initially believed that this game would not do well in a Western audience. They were not. They actually weren't going to release it here at all. Um, and they had several focus groups um, that they would sort of uh, field this out to of Western people who actually they didn't even translate the game yet. So they would have a Japanese translator sitting next to them for any time kanji came up. Um, 
but yeah, and they tested it out and they found that people, I guess on average, it was reported people weren't really getting the full swing of things and like the full experience for like almost 10 hours. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, cause at the time this was like a whole different thing, which I guess we'll get into, but, uh, mm-hmm. it did basically in so many words, it didn't test well at first over here. Cool. Well, when it did hit the States, August 27th, 1987, um, I didn't do the math on here, but I would have been four years old, so clearly I wasn't I wasn't quite Still playing it yet. So lad. Exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, Jamie, you're, you and I, our birthdays are pretty much around the same pretty time. Pretty close. So, yeah, I think we're a month apart. Yeah, I think we... So we were both four. Caleb, I think you were just barely five, right? Yeah, I was a month... Yeah, a month after turning five. So. All right. Alex, are you born yet? I was born in December of this year, uh, December of 87. <laughs> so, so not quite. So you're negative uh, a couple months old. Year. I feel like Y'all we've hit this time before. We, yeah, have, we have. We have hit this time. This time we ha- again. Well, the thing about, and that's a big reason as to why I'm such a huge fan of Zelda is because I've never known a world where it didn't exist. And by the time mm-hmm. I was old enough to right. play games, I owned that's it. That's what you went to. And yeah. this was like, this was just where I, where I went, you know? Cool. Colin, you were seven years old, right? Seven. Yeah, I just turned seven. Nice. Good deal. Um, around August 87, um, I think maybe this is where we talked about it before. We talked about Street Fighter 2, but the original Street Fighter hit arcades. So not Street Fighter 2, not the popular one, not the one we know and love, but the original um, kind of predecessor to Street Fighter 2 was in arcades. Um, Michael Jackson just released Bad. Mm. Oh, dude, I, I, I don't I think... Are we all in agreement that Michael Jackson um, is a badass? Or yes, uh, yes, musically, yeah, we won't go any farther than that. Yep, right. Looking yeah. at his musical career is incredible. Mm-hmm. He, in in my opinion, uh, the greatest performer ever. So he's in pretty my, in, fucking pretty high in, up there. I would agree. In my with that. opinion, yeah, absolutely. top five, definitely. Yeah. Seriously, um, so bad included singles like "The Way You Make Me Feel," "Man in the Mirror," "Dirty Diana." Smooth criminal, mm-hmm. and of mm. course, bad. Um, so if you're a Michael Jackson fan, Bad was a huge album. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Thriller came out in '83, it didn't sell as big as Thriller, but um, yeah, I mean, this was, yeah, but this what was, did, yeah, yeah nothing exactly. Nothing did. has anything, but well, we went over that though. No, we went over it in '83. Like, we talked about Thriller in '83. No, there wasn't there a record, it was in Crypto Geekology. I can't remember, but there was something oh. out Thriller. We did, Thriller's been beat I, out, yeah. I would even say yeah. that, like, I would not. I would be shocked if, like, Adele hasn't surpassed Thriller at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, a few weeks after Zelda came out, uh, Full House premiered um, in September. So Wow. I didn't realize it was that old. That's what's some... crazy to me, is I always knew the Olsen twins were a little bit older than me. <laughs> oh but I, God. for some reason, I figured they were, um, I figured that show came out, like, around the time I was born. But I always, mm-hmm. for whatever reason in my head, that's always been, like, a 1990 show for me. Yeah, yeah me too. Well, well I mean, it really, it really hit its stride in the nineties. Yeah. Well, I sure. didn't do any research on it, but it's probably yeah. seven or eight seasons, right? Something like At that. Least. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's got a million. So, <laughs> have mercy. <laughs> I feel like it just went on and it on. Really did. On. <laughs> Uncle Jesse's still living in that attic. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm still in love with Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. Babe. Well, I mean, it's... can't blame you there. We saw Fuller House. <laughs> Uh, yeah. oh, we all saw that. Literally, God. the only redeeming part of that show. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's oh two of them, God. two redeeming factors, and yeah. All right, all right. Steph- all right. It's weird. Hey, so <laughs> uh, how about this? How about what are our hosts' first experiences 
with The Legend of Zelda. Jamie, you said you've played it. You said you loved it. What's your memory as a child picking this up? Um, well, it was a game that I could actually play that wasn't Duck Hunt, so that was really exciting. Uh, my brothers played it a lot more than I did, and I like to watch it. I really love the storyline, and you know, you've got a less conventional hero, um, and then you know the princess. That's, I mean, I guess in the first one, she's just the typical, just lost out in the ether by the bad guy, and it's Link chasing after her consistently. Later on in the franchise, she gets a little more badass, which is awesome. But um, I like Sheik. What? Never mind. Oh, from that's the N sixty four one, isn't it? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. See, I know stuff. You do know stuff. <laughs> I know stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, the music I remember being really fun, mm-hmm. and it's still mm-hmm. very nostalgic. So overall, it was just a fun package game. Uh, it was a little bit different than just the basic Mario. You could because it, it wasn't just that side scroll. So you could kind of go You're and going you felt a little direction. more free. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, every, every direction, but three D. What? Oh, what? <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> Jeez. Alex, worst. what do you remember the first time you picked up God Zelda? damn it. All right. So here's the deal, guys. My dad brought home a uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. I, my, some of my earliest, actually my very first, mo- most earliest memory as a human being is being what I've been told was probably like 18 months old, like very young. Uh, and this is like a flash thing. This isn't like I, it's where I really started being a person, but... Um, I remember sitting on the floor and playing the Atari 2600 with my dad, right? Um, one of the very next things I remember is my dad coming home uh, for my birthday with an NES. And I remember uh, I didn't have Rob at, at first. I ended up getting him later, and that fucking stupid robot cut my fingers. Um, but <laughs> this is why, which is why I fucking hate robots. I um, never had a Rob. Yeah, they're fucking good. No. The worst. Um but anyway, so I remember the box and everything was great, and we opened it up, um, and we're playing, and I had uh, the Mario, I think it was a Mario Duck Hunt combo or something like that, um, was initially what I had there. And my uncle had moved, I think the Super Nintendo may have just released at the time. My uncle was like 17 or something, um, and he brought over a literal trash bag full of NES games. Uh, Tecmo Bowl, amazing. all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's all kinds of games that I played the shit out of. Mario 3, I had like three copies of Mario 3, it was great. Um, I have no fucking clue how he got a hold of them. They may have been his. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I do know that in those was a gold... I do know that inside there was a gold cartridge. Um, no box, just the just the plastic slip. You know, the black plastic slip. Um, man, that game... that was that. was So I went through them and I was like, oh, this is cool. Oh, this is neat. Oh, this one has like a shield and it's fucking golden. So I'm like mm-hmm. three or four, you know. Uh, maybe four, I think I was. Pop this thing in. Immediately have no fucking clue what's going on. Um, didn't touch that game again until I was probably, I went back and tried to play it a couple times, but it was too damn hard. And like my older cousins would come over and mm-hmm. they were, they were better at it, but they were like 14 or 15. Um, and I didn't really, this was the first Zelda game that I played and beat, but I didn't touch it in any serious capacity until I was probably eight or so. Cause it was just, I couldn't, mm-hmm. I could not move fast enough to dodge Octorock pellets, let alone do anything else in this game. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. Colin, do you remember playing it as a kid? Yeah, I definitely remember. Well, you bring up a good point because it is—you have to be of a certain age to, to mm-hmm. really uh, understand what's going on. Because there's so much, pu- there's a lot of puzzling, a lot of trial and error. You have to backtrack a lot. 
Um, you really gotta kind of understand what the game allows you to do. It's not just like when you if you if you go from Mario to this, it just it doesn't necess- it doesn't make sense, right? Especially if Mario is the only video game you've played. Well, and if I know? can and if I can elaborate on that, the, the cool thing about Mario, and we're not doing a show about that, but the well at least right now, but the cool thing about Mario <laughs> is that if you let that game play, if you turn it on. And mm-hmm. leave it there for about four seconds. It gives you a demo of how that game works. It mm-hmm. run, you see Mario run to the right. You see him jump on a Goomba. You see him hit power mm-hmm. blocks and, and break bricks and stuff. You get this immediately. You know how that game works. And with that's this, all you it's, need to know. with this, it's music, title screen, and here's the world. Have fun. Which, yeah. right? When I figured it out when I was eight, it was like, oh my god, it's amazing. But anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I had to put that out there because it's no awesome. Yeah, so I um I got my NES as, as like it was right around this time actually, uh, it could have even been for my birthday I don't remember um, specifically but uh, it, it was right around this time I probably got Zelda you know I was probably eight or something like that I do remember beating it back in the day but I definitely used a guide to figure out what the hell was going on um, I knew that I enjoyed it and I knew that I enjoyed exploring um, but the, I didn't necessarily you know figure out how to how to how to make everything connect so that I could finally get to Ganon in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I watched a walkthrough recently just in preparation for the show, and everything did click for me. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Um, the, the final, the Ganon mission was fuzzy, but then finally when I got to keep, when the, the walkthrough got to Ganon, I was like, oh, yeah, I did get to this part. So I know I beat it, but it was with a guide. Um, and I haven't really gone back since to this one. I played a lot of Zelda. We'll probably talk about it. Um, since then, this is one of my favorite franchises in general, and probably one of the reasons I like action-adventure games and just exploring um, in video games in general probably stems from this game. But, um, yeah, it was it was, it was was uh, one of the my original NES memories, for sure. Nice. Caleb, what do you got, man? Um, uh, this was... So this came out, I was five. My dad bought a, an NES when I was four. We had Duck Hunt, you know, the, just the standard fare. We had a Rob as well, a little robot guy, uh, which was weird because I think he, there's only like four games. Did he cut your games. fingers? I know, right? Did he what? Did he cut your fingers? Yeah, totally. No, he cut Alex's fingers. That's, which yeah. we don't That's know what No, I you need to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, no, I didn't cut my fingers. I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's just crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's just a robot. What's he gonna do? Come on, take over the world. <laughs> that's exactly what. You, that's, that's what you tell yourself, and then Same there it thing is. Thing to do every night. Pinky. Listen, I am. I am fine to live in my blind, peaceful world. Okay. <laughs> I can't um, do that, Caleb. Yes, right. So, this game for me when I was five was hard. Like, I this is not my favorite Zelda game, although it's an extremely important one for other reasons. Uh, I think I could get about halfway through by myself, and then I couldn't ever figure out how to beat it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had a Nintendo Classic right now, I would be trying to beat it, but, you know, I got hey, skunked man. on that. I got one. So, Hit your boy up. I made one. It's great. Yeah. I know. That's true. I know. That's sick. Um, we'll have to talk later. But, uh, <laughs> you know, this game to me, like, as a child, was super challenging uh, because it's basically the first true open world game um, at least the one that everything else is based off of Mm -hmm. so for me I I treasure it for that Um, but it's hard it's a hard game Mm -hmm. my my first memories are absolutely not me playing it is watching my older brother play it 
um, mm-hmm. who's four years older than me, and I have like vivid memories of like sitting behind him and his friends playing this game, and I actually have a memory of uh, them when they finally beat it. I don't know if Michael remember this. They beat it at another person's house, not our house. And he came home, oh. and I heard that they that they had finally beat it. And I was super bummed that I missed out oh, on like yeah. them beating mm-hmm. Zelda. Like, and I remember him like coming home being excited, like that was what they did today. They beat Zelda. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, you get, you missed out, like, man. As ah. a group of friends, and I was a little brother, and I wasn't invited, and all that, whatever. Right. But right. as a group, like that's how cool this game is, though. And I wish I could have been at that age, um, to to experience that first like community of this of what this game brought yeah, to, to the sure. scene. The playground like, talk of this game had to have been for, amazing. It had to have been insane. And I like and I think about that, like that stuff was passed down to me. It was like I inherited Zelda knowledge yes. from my brother. You know, like I went through and played and I probably guided some stuff like you too, Colin, but I guarantee the first time I played it it was like, you know, playing it with my brother, asking him, hey, how, where's this? Or, you know, how do, how do I get to that? How do well, I find this? That's how you this? played games at the time, too. Absolutely. Like you'd, 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 a buddy would come over, and you'd pick up Zelda, mm-hmm. and, and he'd all of a sudden, he'd know a couple of the secrets. Oh, you, you didn't, didn't bomb know. that wall out yet? What wall? Yeah, because oh, you, right. you know what happened? Because you know what happened? Timmy's family was rich, and they let him call the Nintendo hotline. <laughs> Straight up, that ain't no joke. The but, Nintendo hotline? Oh, was it four ninety nine or two ninety nine a minute or some shit like that? Like in nineteen eighty nine, like oh my god, <laughs> they would give you tips on how to beat the game, which translates to what like ten ninety nine a minute now. Yeah. Like seriously, like that's I'll, insane. I'll figure that out. Hold on, and you tell them like, hey, I can't find World Four. How do I get there? And they'll spend twenty minutes telling you how. Uh huh. <laughs> they'll talk They'd as be, slow as they. They would can. be glad to. Um, all right, so we're gonna go quick through um, some development stuff on on the Legend of Zelda. If you love this game, um, like I do, like I love playing this game. And I've played through it a handful of times. I want to say I've probably beat it five or six times, and and kind of dive dove into it here and there uh, more than that. Um, but I never kind of looked into the development of it. It's just never something that I was big on um, as as a game fan. I know Alex, you're big on that. Caleb, you're big on that, and I think. I think, Colin, you like it a lot more than I do, but um, as I kind of research to do this, like, development, there's not a ton of development, but there's some interesting stuff that happened while this game's coming out. Um, We like to refer to him as Shigeru the Man Miyamoto. Um, We brought him up before. We did the um, Super Mario World episode. Is that the only other game we've done, Miyamoto game, that we've done so far? Yeah. So far, I know we've said his name multiple times. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, that's uh, the, I think that's the only one we've done. So, so far. Miyamoto, he's he's the creator of the Nintendo that you know and love, uh, Zelda, Mario, Donkey Kong, uh, you know, multiple franchises, basically any like temple franchise for for Nintendo. Miyamoto's the man behind it, um, including, um, of course, Zelda. Um, him and Takashi Tezuka. Did I do okay on that? Yeah. Are were the creators of, of Zelda. Miyamoto kind of doing game design stuff and Tezuka doing like some story elements and kind of kind of fleshing out the world a little bit as Miyamoto did like gameplay stuff um, and creating this this awesome you know thing that would influence games going forward forever. Um, something that I didn't know that this is super cool to me and I think Alex already kind of briefly mentioned it. Um, Zelda and Super Mario Brothers were being created concurrently. Like, mm-hmm. at the same time. They're like, yeah, we're going to make two games for this 
for then in Japan was the Famicom, Famicom Disk System, um, which is what we know as the NES here. Um, but they're they're going to create two different games, and those two games are going to be The Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Brothers. Well, are you kidding me? The greatest games of all time. I want to. I want to catch you on this one real quick. Go for it. No, because the Famicom Disk System is not the NES. The Famicom Disk System is an add-on for the Famicom, the family computer. So the Famicom is basically a different, uh, a different shell, but basically the innards are the same uh, as what we got over here as the NES. The Famicom Disk System was an add-on that you could uh, basically attach to the bottom of it, and it would take these giant. They almost look like zip disks. That's not what they were, but that's about what they looked like. This was originally developed uh, to be a uh, a launcher like a flagship title for the uh, Famicom Disk System, okay. um, and as and the reason being is it enabled. Uh, using the disk system would also enable you to save progress on a game, which is something you couldn't do at the time with flash ROMs in typical NES games, uh, which is why this one, uh, when it came out for the Nintendo or for the or for the NES or for the uh, Famicom, is the very first Nintendo game or cartridge game to have sported an onboard battery mm-hmm. for local saving. Yeah. That's, Sorry, I, 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 will, I'm gonna... I will nerd the fuck out on some Nintendo dev history. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn the tables. Jamie, what does Famicom stand for? No clue. Aww. Family computer. I said it. Aww. I think you might Gee, have. He said it. He Family. did say it. So, so my point being that I really want to just hit home for the audience that didn't understand this like I did. Zelda and Super Mario Brothers were created at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like by the same people. By the same. At the same time. This is not even by Nintendo at large because Nintendo was actually, I mean, had already been a huge company making toys for 75 years, whatever the fuck at the time. But the development team that worked on these games uh, was known as Nintendo R&D 4, which is what sported uh, Tenten or Tazaki uh, or Takashi uh, Tezuna, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, mm-hmm. Takashi Tezuka uh, and Miyamoto. God um, bless you. As well as a few other people. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> That's, I like that. Um, but this team went on to become sort of the dream team for Nintendo that, uh, you know, went through and worked on the rest of the Zelda series for the most part and the rest of the Mario series, but also mm-hmm. on hits that probably none of us have played, but are worldwide all-time bestsellers like Nintendogs and shit like that. These were all the brainchild, uh, the brain children, I guess, of Miyamoto and his, like, his, his internal crew at Nintendo. Because they have they have like a ton of teams that work on different shit, but this team really brought shit home. Our the best fucking game development team ever. Um, so as they're doing both these games, Zelda was meant to be because they're doing Mario, and Mario is a very linear gameplay. It's platforming, it's side scrolling. It's the point of Mario is to finish the level, to to go from one end to a stage to another, and we all kind of un- understand that. So Zelda, on the complete opposite side of that, was developed to be just an open world. Put these players in this spot, don't tell them anything, and let them figure out what they're supposed to do going forward. And like um, like Alex said earlier, kind of Mario would even give you a little bit of a demo. Zelda would get, if you let it play out um, and not hit start immediately, it'd give you a quick little story spot, and then I think it would show you some weapons and stuff that you're going to find. Um, I think it would show enemies too. I should let my screen run and, and, but I think I remember all that stuff kind of scrolling up, um, and then going back to the, to the screen, but, yep. but no, no like clues or hints or tips on what you're going to do. No. That opening screen is probably the most iconic thing, um, to me 
in this game. That and the first in in the first the wooden sword cave. Like when you drop into this game and you're just standing there in the middle of the screen and you see all the things you're allowed to pick up and your A and your B s- slots are empty. Like I got nothing on me. I got no bombs. I got no mm-hmm. arrows. I got no money. I got no weapons. And what do I do? Well, what's the first thing you do when you when you start a new game, especially like before the current age of like streamlining and understanding how tutorials and how getting like player interaction is what's the first thing you do is you hit all the buttons and find out what they do right Mm -hmm. well you see b and a at the top you see b and a at the top but they're empty you hit b and a they don't do a damn thing and it's like (laughs) i thought this was an adventure game like what am i supposed to do here you know but you have a wall in a cavern right directly Mm -hmm. ahead yeah this is the this is the original dark souls that's what i think is funny absolutely looking back on it now dark souls is known for being hard it does teach you a lot of stuff in the opening level of the first game uh, through its scroll system. But that's just that's but, just game design. It, right. That's just the exactly. But this game is the, the, this prototype for a genre that has it's funny enough only resurgence only had a resurgence in the last five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole thing. Is um, you know the the developers have said that they're very obviously directly inspired by it. And one of the funniest things, being a huge Souls fan is when you want to recommend games for people who like those but have played the living shit out of the main series, it's like, well, I guess you go play, like, Kingsfield on the PlayStation 2 or whatever, but that game's horrible. Uh, you play Demon's Souls if you haven't, but you probably have. You play Bloodborne if you own a PS4. Why don't you go back and try the original Zelda? Because it's just boss battle after boss battle after boss battle, mm-hmm. big tentpole moments, and it's an open world. You can, you can accomplish it however you want. You can go through the whole game up until Ganon without ever getting the sword. Yeah. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was awesome today. So today I started my my playthrough. I'm like, and I kind of had done this research, and I saw like that deal that that was their idea. It was like go and go and explore. You don't even got to go to dungeons. In fact, if you don't know where they are, good luck finding them. Um, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. like Kayla, or Colin quickly mentioned that when you that first scene, that first screen, you have that cave, and of course your curiosity is gonna get the best of you. I think in general people are gonna go there first. And you're, you're going to get your sword, and you're going to get the old man telling you it's dangerous to go alone, take this. And that alone, like, how iconic is that? I mean, I have, yeah. a, I have a good t-shirt that I like. I actually need to reorder it because it's kind of faded a little bit. Where it's it's a parody on that, but it's it's Luke getting a lightsaber from Obi-Wan. Nice. With, like, those, those same graphics. I'll, anyway. Um, cool. But it's just a super cool, iconic thing. But mm-hmm. after that, you have a sword. Great. Now what? So you you're just going to figure You're just going to explore. And... So my playthrough today, what I did is I went and I beat the first level because I know where that is. Um, you know, I think your first instinct is to go north. I I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. I don't like. I don't remember. Yeah, that's why up. I say I wish I would have been there at the beginning. I was of this. east every time. Do you? Not even. That's, that's just. What, that's like I'm like okay. Yeah, left to right. You know yeah. what I mean? Okay. Oh, uh-huh. there you go. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, it gets yeah. rough out east, doesn't it? Right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's rough out there. It gets worse out west. If you go towards the graveyard early on, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, the graveyard is like the, the yeah. end game. Stay on the area. graveyard and stay on the mountain until you got your your white sword and your in your blue cloak. Um, yeah, so, no joke. So that's what I did today. Is I went and I was like, I know where I can find some heart containers, and I know where I can find the white sword, and I need two two hundred fifty rupees to get my to get my blue ring. There you go. And I got all that. I loaded myself up before I went into dungeon two, and I was like, that's so cool. That you mm-hmm. just have the freedom of play yeah. to do it like that. Like, this just. Yeah, the, the walkthrough that I watched, um, the guy beat it in t- two hours. I'm sure people beat it in less times. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but he knew where everything was. In mm-hmm. the first 
half hour was just him wandering around getting all uh-huh. the rupees that he could, getting Bombing all the balls, upgrades that he yeah. could. Yeah, yep. everything. And then he finally went into the first level and he was he was jacked at that point. He probably so he had the white sword through. and the blue cloak yeah. and like yep, yep, Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. He had the, a couple of bu- that's bomb so cool. upgrades or whatever. Yep. Um yeah, I was, I was watching a speed run a guy do it beat it in 33 plus yep. just over 33 minutes I was wow. like, that's crazy good golly that's cool yeah. well see this guy got everything the one that I watched but I bet you the guy that beat it in 33 didn't, he didn't get everything he just got the essentials right? he only gets the essentials and he uses bombs like a, like a genius like, and he also knows exactly where most of the enemies on each screen are going to pop up and he knows how to get through certain enemies uh, just using... run straight through them and yeah yeah like he can run right straight through them it's crazy he knows all the little glitches in the, the game uh, the current record that I have been able to find um, for speedrunning The Legend of Zelda is 28 minutes 50 seconds and that is with what? that is lack attack from the US 28 and that was set 11 months ago and there is a video available of that on speedrun.com what's in it there's there's three different ways that Zelda speedruns are recorded there's 100 percenters there's mm-hmm. wooden sword onlys, oh. and there's three heart onlys. Yep. Oh, wow. So there's three different ways you can speed run, speed run Zelda, which is insane. So what's cool about uh, uh, an interesting fact about that first screen where you do go into that cave and you get that sword, that wasn't initially in the game design. Initially, you started with the sword um, when you first when you first got there, and you and you explored from there. That just that interaction wasn't there. And what's funny is the reason Miyamoto took that away is because. With that in, the playtesters were already complaining that it was difficult and hard and they didn't know where to go and they didn't understand they were getting lost and all this stuff. So he's like, I want to create an environment where these people want to communicate about this game and want to kind of share their experiences. That was part of his game design was, was the external what's happening around what's happening to the gamer, which is I, th- I think that's what makes him that's a genius. So advanced. That's what makes him such so a genius. So mm-hmm. he's like, what I'm going to do is taking their sword away and I'm going to put it in this cave and they have to find it. And so that what that force people to do is realize, Oh, there's secrets. Oh, there's things mm-hmm. I need to be like, Hey, mm-hmm. did you see that? This is what we got to do this time. And did you find this? Did you find that? So it started the people to talk. It really started the community of that communication around this game, which is yep, awesome. Totally. And you'll um, see, you will see that, uh, that method, which was kind of employed here for, for the first time, or definitely for the first time successfully, you see that method replicated all over the place in, in areas that it has never been so iconic, and you've also you may not have even realized it. If you look at literally every Bethesda game, you start mm-hmm. off like in a jail with no items. You don't, you know, you're, and then there's this right. tentpole moment where you go in to your, you know, metaphorical cave. You get your first weapon, which you may or may not use for the rest of the game, um, and then there's a big like. Oh God! Like the world is revealed before you. Now, what do I do? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and those games are not even the same in the same genre as a Legend of Zelda, but they lean so heavily on things that this game made mainstream. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you if you if you love Skyrim and you love Dark Souls and you love those kind of things, like Zelda is where that stuff came from. This mm-hmm. this is absolutely. your grandfather. Um, another cool thing about that is that well, not cool thing, but something that they found out from the game development is that you were going to have a choice between the boomerang and the sword in that first cave. And that quickly mm, got removed. Oh, no, really? Yeah, in the yeah, beta, yeah. So that's interesting. It's kind of, it's funny, going forward, like, where would you find the sword if you if you pick the boomerang there? And what kind of idiot would take the boomerang? It's like, that'd be like the idiot <laughs> that, that goes into the caves that either give you a heart container or a red potion. And you take, <laughs> take the, the potion. Right. Like, why yeah. is that even an option there? Like, that's still to this day, whenever I find one of those rooms, I'm like, why is this even an option? 
like just <laughs> I believe it's just over. yeah I believe it's just the philosophy of letting people make choice and letting people fail and yeah. realize once they finally do pick a heart container they're like oh shit Ooh. I could I could do that That's I could do that every know. time you know yeah um Jamie mentioned earlier how much she loves the music of of this game um Koji Kondo um, yeah, is the composer of the music in this game, and I didn't look much into him. Alex, what other kind of stuff has he done? Mister Kanchan, um, he's done all kinds of shit, man. He's a he's a like temple uh, Nintendo guy, but he is pretty much the uh, well, I say he's done a bunch of stuff. He's the Legend of Zelda composer um, okay. on most of the games. Now, that's not to say I don't believe he worked on uh, the Capcom games, which have been Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons, shit like that. But uh, Legend of Zelda, Adventure of Link, Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Smash Brothers Brawl he did, uh, Link Between Worlds he did, Smash Brothers for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U he did. Um, so he's got, which um, all carry some of the best music in video games, period. But it also means he's been around for a while. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Like, I mean, he's been at it and he's been doing a lot. He's been doing well mm-hmm. for a long time. He did Punch Out. I did not realize. Oh, wow. oh yeah, cool. he did. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because nice. we talked about that during Punch Out. Yeah. Ah, oh, my man, my man, Koji, man. Dude, oh. I can sing this dude's songs off the top of my head. Uh huh. Great. great. We're, um, we are, did, we are also did Link to the Past and Star Fox. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, this like guy is prolific. Hell yeah. So initially, he wanted to use um, a classical piece of orchestral music um, called Bodello, I believe. Um, uh-huh. I forgot to put that in there, but I believe that's what it was called. Um, it turns out, like, late in development of the game, um, they found out that, that they weren't going to be able to use that because of copyright issues. It just wasn't, it still had a copyright on it, and so they weren't going to be able to use it, so he needed to come up with a new main theme. Um, he came up with the overworld theme, what you hear for the majority of this game, <laughs> in one day. That you no wrote down into your way. Head. Yeah. He sat down <laughs> yeah. and wrote that song. In one day, and a know- cool thing, a cool fact about him that I saw: the way he writes music for games, especially back in the eight-bit generation, where music, you know, you had the loop a lot. You, you know, you're gonna hear yeah. these songs the entire playthrough. I mean, basically, you, as you play this, you get your overworld music and you get your dungeon music, mm-hmm. and that's you know, the, that's all you're gonna hear. And so the final dungeon is, music, but yeah, and the and the last is the last one have different music. The last one's different, yeah. Um, so what he would do is he would compose the stuff and then he'd listen to it in headphones for like hours on end. And if he didn't get tired of listening to it, if it didn't become an annoying to him, um, he'd know he succeeded in having a good overworld theme or a good theme he can use in a video game, which makes a ton of sense. If you right, look at exactly. other incredibly prolific video game composers, um, Marty O'Donnell comes to mind. And I do believe I remember reading at one point and I could be wrong because I'm not the biggest Halo fan. I do believe that he composed that main monk chant theme for Halo in a car ride yeah. on his way to a meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah they fly. yeah they called him up and uh, told him that whatever he had worked on previously, or no, that that he needed to come up with something for them to it's show. For the demo. Yeah, yeah, for, the for them to show like in three days, and he's in the car and he just like starts this chain of thought about Gregorian monk chanting yeah. and. By the time he got to the studio, he had it all in his head. You know, is, he was just listening to some Enya, right? Yeah, right. right. No joke. Yeah, some new, some new age music. Pulled he had up the, the he had that pure muse volume still one. Still have an idea. Walking in the office, be like that Enya song is pretty good, though. Huh? <laughs> it was probably Yanni. That's what it really was. Right. Either way, like I said, either way, it was that pure moods volume one. You guys remember that infomercial back in the day I, in the nineties? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh god. god. 
so the music's obviously super iconic and uh as soon as you hear it you just you know exactly what you're playing um which is which is great um we already talked about in development um i put down here that it's the first cartridge to have a battery um pack in it which allowed you to save games um this is huge this is massive for for a game like this, it's for a game like this, yeah, it, it's it's just what it is. I remember back in the day, um, my brother and I played uh, through the first Dragon Warrior, and we would have to leave our console on and turn off our TV and go to school <laughs> yeah. and pray to God Mom didn't go in the room and see the Nintendo was still on. Yep, <laughs> and 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 turn it off because it would delete our game. Yeah, and, hey hey kids, with your safe scumming quick loads and quick saves. That wasn't possible Dudes. back in the day. I remember I did the same shit with so many games. Yeah. I mean, that's what... Games back in the day came with passcodes. You know, Punch-Out! and sure. all these different games had had a passcode system that gave you this. But games like this, um, you know, it would have been hard to implement that kind of code system. Um, Dragon Warrior certainly didn't have one. But Zelda didn't need one because you could just... you When you die, you had options. You continue, you can save, or you could retry. Or I forget. It was just continue and save. But... Um, but yeah. So I got a good story. I got a good story for this. This is um, uh, Brandon. You know I'm a sports guy, and yeah. me and my buddy. Um, it was for the N. It was for the uh, Super Nintendo, I believe. Um, we played. It was like MLB. It was like some non-licensed. The the league didn't license the game, but they had all the players in the game. Mm-hmm. So whatever. I'm forgetting the, the name of the game. Anyway, the, the, didn't, it didn't save the stats for a season. Oh. But we kept book. Oh my god. We kept a book and we did like the entire season. Like we'd get together every couple of days and we'd get together and, and, and record all our stats manually for the entire season. That's so amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> hey, so good. Did anyone else here when you played Zelda? Did anyone else here draw maps? Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was gonna say I did. Yeah, that. I drew maps. Zelda, Metroid, any 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 of those early exploration games, especially when you didn't get a, like a map you could just look at, um, mm-hmm. like an item map that would come later on. Yeah. I drew maps like fucking crazy. I had notebooks and notebooks and notebooks. <laughs> well, eventually I got Nintendo Power magazine subscription, so I didn't have to. Like, they had walkthroughs for Zelda. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mr. Caleb. I, <laughs> I, just, I just bought on uh, Black Friday the, the big uh, Playing With Power booklet. It's got oh, like yeah. 18 of, and what they are, their original like Nintendo Power um, cutouts of what they had mm-hmm. for, for, for all these different games. And I'm, I'm super bummed Zelda's got all the dungeons in there, but it doesn't have an overworld map. And that's what I want. I want a, I want a big overworld map. And be able to see and, and mark right. out where, what what plants I need to burn and what rocks I need to blow up. Mm-hmm. To I had an overworld them. map at one point. Or I another. did too. Mm-hmm. I want one. Now I just want a big Zelda overworld map poster for my room. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. So bad. That's happening. Seriously. If you want bonus rad points, get a cloth one. Dude. Oh, cloth map posters are fucking. Are we doing a Secret Santa thing, guys? Let's let's get just gonna put that on the list. Right. I oh, am yeah, too messenger right now. <laughs> what? Never mind. Continue. <laughs> I I what will. Just Thank you. I'm so confused. <laughs> All right, get guys, a dictionary, so, you plebeians. Alex, do you have anything else for for development or or Caleb? Anything like the the like cool development stories? Because that's kind of what I found. There's really not a ton of story behind it, but. Um, the fact that it was made alongside Mario blows me away. It, it 100% blows me away. Yeah, um, there's surprisingly little, as far as I know, the, above what you have already said mm-hmm. uh, for this game, which is kind of weird. I think 
I feel like Miyamoto was like since he was doing so much about Super Mario Brothers and he's gotten way more questions about that in the past that he kind of probably has forgotten like a lot of Well, what. he do, he does say that um he's he was heavily inspired by as a kid um going out and running through the woods around his around his village or wherever he was and kind of exploring caves and going up on rocks and all different stuff and he kind of wanted to translate that experience into a game and that's that's a quote from him obviously right. not a direct one but that's what he you know that's what inspired him to do this and a cool quote direct quote from him is that he says he wanted to create a little garden for your for your Nintendo like just like yeah, a, a little garden like, in your drawer or whatever it was a yeah. little garden in your drawer I think is, how, is what he says where meaning that like he just wants this game to be part of your life something you go into and you do and you just kind of you improve it and you progress and then you kind of put it back away for a little bit or, or however you want to do it so he just wanted it to be this this experience that people remembered for a long time and it, and it worked I wonder if he was also inspired in some way shape or form by Tolkien um Oh, I'm sure. There's a lot of Tolkien-esque qualities oh, to yeah. The Legend of Zelda. Um, From a lore standpoint. Like, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, I mean, yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's like you can't you can't have any sort of modern fantasy setting whatsoever after Tolkien existed because it was such a worldwide phenomenon. It's safe to say that mm-hmm. just about anything that's medieval fantasy is directly inspired by Tolkien. I mean, yeah, because this is very high fantasy. Yeah. Very, very oh, high yeah. fantasy. Initially, it wasn't. That was a, initially it was yeah initially it was sci-fi is it was it was oh, going to really? be sci-fi and fantasy the reason that link is the name of your main character is he was mm. going to be a link between timelines that is um, right i did hear i did read about that very kind of chrono triggery like it was going to be in the future it was going to be like a robots and the and the triforce were computer chips and then and you would go back to the past and kind of influence the past and you know all that wow. so yeah i have a couple things here really quick before we move on um since we're speaking about that, I want to let you know that if you own a copy of the book Hyrule Historia, which I would highly advise that you pick up if you're a Zelda fan, um, on page 143, there's a a picture from where they tried to revisit this uh, sci-fi idea for A Link to the Past. They considered it briefly, and you can see on page 143 uh, a picture of Zelda in a sort of sci-fi type costume for concept art. Nice. Let me see if I can put it on the camera here for the guys. Look but... in my book for that too. Yeah, that's cool. But um, anyway, that never made it in the game, obviously. But they were they tried to revisit that before. Um, another thing that's interesting about this game is it was remade for something that we'll probably never co- bring up again. So I want to bring it up here. Um, there've been a lot of remakes of the original Legend of Zelda, but one of which, excuse me, called uh, BS: The Legend of Zelda, not the best title, uh, was. <laughs> Broadcast via the BSX broadcasting system. What this is, what you would have known it as in the states, if you um, if you were part of a very small minority of people, is the Satellaview system, uh, which is an add-on for the Super Famicom or the uh, Super Nintendo that allowed you to use a tuner and access a satellite broadcast signal in order to play games that were only broadcast during very certain times. Um, it was like a it was like a live streamed DLC product delivery system but in like 1990 something like in 1990 actually Hmm. uh in japan in japan only um so uh it broadcasted for five years up until uh june or uh, sometime i can't i just lost it but anyway um there was a game that was uh it was a 
kind of a remake or, or you reused a lot of the assets and it was technically a Zelda title um, or a Zelda tie-in. Um, but it was super fucking weird. But anyway, I wanted to bring that up because that is one of the most fascinating things that Nintendo's ever done is this like super early satellite delivery system that's of insane. content. Yeah, that is. That's so, um, uh, that's crazy. And then another you thing. Know? Oh, go ahead, Caleb. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say that there was, that reminds me of the fact that in the Japanese version, uh, the Famic, I think it's the Famicom, there was a microphone. That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And controller too. So there's a tip in the manual that actually made it into the translated uh, American version that said, and I can't remember which enemy it was. It's the, the Pole's voice. Or yeah. The Pole's oh, voice. Yeah, those those little, little bunny looking things. Oh, yeah. they're so annoying too. I want this. <laughs> that they're afraid of sound or something like that. Yeah. And so basically you w- if you made any sound into this microphone on the second controller, they would disappear and all die at the same time. The, the ears screen. of a pole's voice are hypersensitive to loud sound and territorial intrusion. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But the funny thing about that is so people thought that that meant, in America, at least in the U.S., that you could use the whistle against them, but it does nothing. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Um, also, the re-release of that for the 3DS Virtual Console, if you have that in Japanese on a Japanese 3DS, and you are using the second controller option, you can yell at the Poles' voice and kill them uh, by using the 3DS microphone. That's amazing. That's so good. Right? That's awesome. So dumb. Just little Have dumb things like that in make action, this so though? good. Yeah. I saw this in action, and literally, you go into rooms where there's like six or seven, and they're annoying enemies. Uh-huh. They're fast, and they're strong. They kick my ass in those late dungeons all the time, and literally, you just scream at it, and they all disappear yep. and drop their items. Whole rooms. Just cleared. Mm-hmm. Cheaters, <laughs> which Cheaters. is a great thing, but that's that's the kind of shit that me that like makes Miyamoto and his dev and his team some of the best in the business because they mm-hmm. were doing this shit in the mid '80s. You know what and I mean? It's funny like, to me because a lot of that stuff never came back into gaming. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like a lot of this peripheral stuff or just little little nuggets that you would never know unless you tried something completely random. Like the only other game that I'm thinking of off the top of my head that has this kind of feature is Metal Gear Solid, the first one, with the... Yeah. Uh, with the codec being on the box. Oh, yeah, yeah, and all that, yeah. Well, that too. That, yeah, like, these are... I, I You gotta think that... Uh, the, well, I'm blanking on Kojima? Name. Oh, my God. Yeah, Kojima was heavily inspired by, by Miyamoto, which is ironic because Miyamoto really hasn't done anything like this since, I can think of, at least. Well, they play with a lot of weird things. I mean, like, uh, in Phantom Hourglass, there was... Or was it Spirit Tracks? It was one of the DS titles. Um, there was a segment where you could actually make copies of your map and like and make prints by closing your DS, like a clamshell, so you'd, like, print it like a stamp. It was a really oh, cool thing okay, you could really? do. There's, there's just a lot of really dumb shit that the Legend of Zelda series has done over time that is neat. I mean... The entirety of uh, Skyward Sword being, con- you know, you control Link's arm, you control Link's sword and shield with a Wiimote, which, that is that is the worst Legend of Zelda game, but, <laughs> I mean, that is a cool idea, and it feel- there are parts of it that feel really cool. When that you was po- Twilight Princess, I thought. Uh, well, I know yeah. you can do it Twilight Princess, but also uh, Skyward Sword was Wii U controlled, I thought. Oh, or, okay. uh, Wiimote I controlled, I, rather. I didn't play that one. Really? Okay. Um, but like there were there, there were some really cool moments when you pull that master sword out, you literally put the Wiimote down, facing towards the ground, and you pull it up over your head, and you're like, oh yeah, you're like He-Man in that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have the power. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, awesome. man. I, That's cool. I love this series. But I could go on. It's interesting though because, and this is a whole different subject, that, you know. But um, people keep pushing, you know, in games, and Nintendo does it a lot. They keep put, they keep trying these little gimmicky things, just trying to. 
I don't know, find something that sticks to enhance the gaming experience, if that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it keeps coming back to just the controller, you know, the directional pad and buttons. Yeah. Like, it keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, they keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. You know, VR, who knows if it's going to stick around or not. But it keeps kind of just coming back to the basics. Right. Which is, which is pretty cool how they, you know... Um, they figured this out in the 80s, how, you know, just moving your little dude around, hitting a couple buttons, I, um, solving puzzles is really what people want to mm-hmm. do. I think the VR will peak out at people sitting on their couch holding controller with a headset on their head and that just being their your environment and your yeah. graphical But the input, controller, you know? you're going to be moving with the controller. Yeah, exactly. I really do think that's as far as it's going to go, like, to the mass audience. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll stay on Zelda, but yeah, the development of the games as a whole and the way this pioneered stuff is is pretty incredible and we could probably go on and on about that so um let's move on real quick to um the story behind this original game because i don't want to get into the story of zelda <laughs> because no, you don't the history go there right of hyrule has been is is a complete mess. <laughs> like yeah, it's um, it's almost like it's almost like they made all these games separately over a period of thirty years, and then sometime <laughs> three years ago decided to try to make one coherent timeline out of all this bullshit. Why they did. do that? I don't understand. And I don't want to spend too much time on that because they did do that because fucking NeoGaf sat. Yeah, because fucking NeoGaf and Reddit sat and complained about it for ten years, and eventually Idiots. someone was like, "We have to do this." Idiots. So there's eighteen main Nintendo entries. I think. Um, seven or eight are, are major console entries and the rest are like Game Boy and handheld um, games. But So these stories kind of are all different stories, but you tend to control the same type of hero and you tend to be saving the same type of princess and fighting the same type of bad guy and people just kind of needed to know what the overall arcing story is. But as far as the game we're talking about today, there's a cool little... Um, in the original... Nintendo and the original game instruction manual came with um, what it was the prologue to the game, mm-hmm. right? That you that you could read through. And what I'm gonna do here is we're gonna take a short little break and we're gonna leave you with the vocal stylings of Alex Hirsch and we're gonna tell you all about the Legend of Zelda. A long, long time ago, the world was in an age of chaos. In the middle of this chaos, a little kingdom in the land of Hyrule, a legend was being handed down from generation to generation. The legend of the Triforce, golden triangles possessing mystical powers. One day, an evil army attacked this peaceful little kingdom and stole the Triforce of Power. This army was led by Ganon, the powerful prince of darkness who sought to plunge the world into fear and darkness under his rule. Fearing his wicked rule, Zelda, the princess of this kingdom, split up the Triforce of Wisdom into eight fragments and hid them throughout the realm to save the last remaining Triforce from the clutches of the evil Ganon. At the same time, she commanded her most trustworthy nursemaid, Impa, to secretly escape into the land and go find a man with enough courage to destroy the evil Ganon. Upon hearing this, Ganon grew angry 
He imprisoned the princess and sent out a party in search of Impa. Braving forests and mountains, Impa fled for her life from her pursuers. As she reached the very limit of her energy, she found herself surrounded by Ganon's evil henchmen, cornered. What could she do? But wait! All was not lost. A young lad appeared. He skillfully drove off Ganon's henchmen and saved Impa from a fate worse than death. His name was Leek. During his travels, he had come across Impa and Ganon's henchmen. Impa told Link the whole story of Princess Zelda and the evil Ganon. Burning with a sense of justice, Link resolved to save Zelda. But Ganon was a powerful opponent. He held the Triforce of Power. And so, in order to fight off Ganon, Link had to bring the scattered eight fragments of the Triforce of Wisdom together to rebuild the mystical triangle. If he couldn't do this, there would be no chance Link could fight his way into Death Mountain where Ganon lived. Can Link really destroy Ganon and save the Princess Zelda? Only your skill can answer that question. Good luck and use the Triforce wisely. So that sets you up with kind of the story that you're, you're getting as you're going into that game, that opening scene that we talked about for a little bit earlier. That's that's what you got. That's the inf- that's all the information you have. You're this everyday so, hero. You're the one who saved Impa, and now you're gonna go and you're gonna save the kingdom. You're gonna go save the princess. And like we tried to explain to Colin earlier, who didn't understand why the Triforce, <laughs> why there's eight pieces of the Triforce, um, yeah, what the hell? is the Zelda took the Triforce of Courage, I believe it is, and um, that's the one that she split into eight different shards, hid them in dungeons across the, co- the kingdom, and you're Link. You're the you're the everyday hero that needs to go, cl- in order to be powerful enough to face Ganon, the main en- enemy at the end, you need to have uh, the completed Triforce. Um, so there's three Triforce, there's but three you find eight pieces of, the, of one of Triforce? Of the Triforce exactly. of Wisdom, yeah. Is it wisdom? Okay. It's wisdom, yeah. Okay. Zelda's so you only need wisdom. one Triforce to to beat Ganon. Yeah. See, is that right. I, well, yeah. Link, you, okay. Link, so here's here's how it ends up playing out later. Is like Link always possesses at some point. Link possesses basically one portion of the Triforce and has to assemble the rest of it. Um, in this one, uh, two pieces of the Triforce are possessed. Uh, they're elsewhere, and you have to find the fragments of the third piece to complete like the two gather that shit up. I don't think you actually gather, I don't think you actually complete the Triforce in this one, do you? Like, and possess it? You do, at the very end. Well, you you complete one of the Triforce. You get all eight pieces, and you now have that total one, and then when you kill Ganon, you you You, take the one that he had. Right, exactly, that's what I'm saying. Okay. So you only get two. And then Zelda is still... So where's the third one? I think it's still in Zelda's possession. I think that's the whole point, is that... She holds it up. He has... 
he has Zelda, he has the one he has, and now he just needs the one that you're out there gathering. Uh... So that's the whole point. That's why his that's what his armies are in those dungeons for. They're getting they're gathering the triforces. So, so. who the fuck is Impa? <laughs> Impa is her uh is Zelda's like um like handmaiden like yeah. uh like retainer woman. You know what I mean? Like she she is there to help Zelda do her shit. She's a princess and and and, and royalty always has like you always have like a go-to caretaker kind of person. You know what I mean? She's there. Remember the, the remember um, she's, she's, she's the bad one. She's the help. <laughs> I I, so I've never heard of Impa before. Ever. She makes appearance in a, in a couple games. Really? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Man, not the games I played. <laughs> uh, it's never Colin it's doesn't never read role. Let me see the if manuals. I can... I'll pull it up while you guys are talking. So, so that's your story, guys. That's basically what we're good. That's that's all. That's all there is there. That's what Miyamoto just kind of wanted to put you in this everyday hero's shoes and let you be him, and you are Link. So, um, we're gonna quickly wrap up just by talking about kind of the way the gameplay of Zelda in it just kind of translates now, how it plays now, what's cool about it, and then what how it. You know, we kind of talked about what it influenced already, as far as talking about Dark Souls and Skyrim. Um, but so there's two different. You have your overworld and you have your dungeons. Um, it, I don't know if you ever noticed this, is that you f- you face completely different enemies in dungeons than you do in the overworld mm-hmm. um, as you're as you're exploring. Mm-hmm. And generally, the enemies in the dungeons clearly are going to get more powerful, are going to get stronger. You're going to need that better equipment for the most part, unless you're a crazy man who wants to speedrun Zelda with only your wooden sword. I don't know who, seriously. Like, like there's stuff in the in those final dungeons that take three hits from the from the master sword, or the magic sword is what it's called in this. Um, it always bothers me that that thing always says magical sword. I'm like, that's the master sword, right? Like, that's what, yeah, definitely. that's what that is, right? Like that later on in the Zelda, like the mythos, it's known as the master sword. When did that first come in? I know that's linked to the past, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's linked to the past. But also how, how about the fact that the fucking title screen and everything uses a goddamn rapier for the sword. But even in the artwork inside the manual, he has like a, like a broadsword or a short, like a standard European style sword. Or the how the Master Sword is forever iconically like you know a a one handed standard cross guard European sword and not a damn rapier. That shit yeah, gets that me. That looks badass. So it's You're okay. such a nerd. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to point out like the the various the variance in enemies is crazy. This game's got yeah. plants. Hell yeah. It's got skeletons. It's got mummies. It's got mm-hmm. slime creatures. It's got giant hands. It's got cyclops and oh, centaurs. Um, wizards, mermen, yep. uh, uh, knights. Who sits in a corner and boomerangs the hands as they come out until you gather as many as can possibly come and then kill them all in one hit and gather yeah. all their stuff? It's got squids, it's got centipedes, <laughs> it's got bats, it's got weird rabbit things that we talked about earlier. Oh, like, bats, it, it's got four, 24 different kinds of, of, of enemies in it in 1987. Yeah. That's right. and they, insane, and, and they're not—they're not all, they're not all re- Yeah, and they're not all re- like recolors or reskins or or sprite variations, right. which mm-hmm. is the cool thing. Is like there's there's a lot of unique. They, they have those though. Yeah, they they you know, do they have variations, but still, yeah, and and it's interesting. Uh, I, I pulled up one of the what is this the the Zelda Dungeon.net. It's, it's a solid resource mm-hmm. for everything Zelda. It has everything you know, images and all that. Um, why didn't they just call like the mummy? A mummy. 
instead of a gibdo. <laughs> You're so unoriginal, Colin. <laughs> like, where did they come up with these names? What's the deal with these Zelda names? What's funny? Although is- a bol- the boulder is named a boulder. Which is nice. Good. So those, you know, they... Good. <laughs> that who was very easy. Who knew the actual names of enemies when you were playing as a kid? Because I made up names for all of them. Like there was, was yeah, you based off what they look like. The rabbits, right? like the, the Hershey's kisses, guys. the mummies, yeah, exactly. the skull, like the Hershey's kisses. That's what like that's I still to this day like when I hit one of those big blobs, blobs and it blows up into two Hershey's kisses. That's what those are. Mm. Those it was probably around. a proprietary thing. You know, uh, the makers were like, you know what, we're going to give them this weird name, and that way when the game evolves and we go off and make seventeen more of these and need mm. to merchandise things out, we're not just making mummies. We're making whatever they were. See, I'm going to actually say it comes again back to Tolkien. I think that these are it's a Tolkien-esque nod to high fantasy and coming up with alternate names for for classic sure. western monsters. No. It's all about money. No, I could buy that. Well, <laughs> I, no, I could buy that. Like they're trying to create their own lore, their own universe, so they want to give everything its own unique name separate from what's already been established. Correct. Now, and the other thing that I that I want to bring up is how freaking cool is it to be able to shoot a laser beam basically with your sword when you have full life? Yes, yes. Like, yeah. and the sound that that makes is probably the most iconic sound, other than the music in this game. So good. Yep, I agree with that. And and walking so down satisfying. the stairs. Yeah, the stairs too. That's right. It does less so, damage though, right? It doesn't do full. Uh, it doesn't, but you get to keep your distance. Like the advantages mm-hmm. that that it provides are far outweigh the, well, absolutely, the yeah. damage loss. Yeah. A thing that a thing that you can do if you really want to get, uh, oh boy, if you really want to get nerdy with this shit, you can re- <coughs> you can research the etymology of these monster names. Um, for instance, one of the most famous monsters in Zelda is the like like these blobs that'll kind of try to swallow you up, you know. Um, and this is taken directly from the Zelda wiki, but uh, according to the like like trophy in Super Smash Brothers Melee, the name like like is derived from the ancient Herulean. Uh, sorry, yeah, Herulean proverb: "Shield eaters and world leaders have many likes alike." Uh, in the Japanese version, it comes from the Japanese proverb: "Tareku mushi mo sukizuki." I don't fucking I don't speak Japanese. Yep. Uh, yep. Which roughly <laughs> means "to each their own tastes." Uh, since shield and water pepper are very similar in spelling, the like like is a reference to saying uh, to the saying "corrupting water pepper to shield." I don't know. There's a whole fucking thing here, man. Mm. I mean, you got to give writers something to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pe- which if you if you listen if you listen to my reading of the prologue, you'll realize that the people that they had uh, either writing and or losing everything in translation were not English majors. <laughs> mm, right. So, I I enjoy the overworld. I think more than the dungeons. Um, I like just hitting up every single spot you can possibly find going to different i love that i can say to you guys i went to i went to the forest area or the mountains or the graveyard like and it's it's so distinct and that to find the cave that gives you the way to get to the graveyard um there's so many secrets hidden throughout this overworld that i think is is the coolest thing about it like to find these little there's a there's a cave you can find that there's just a random gambling game sitting in yep Mm -hmm. you know Give me ten rubies and and you know you get I'll take some give you ten back or give you fifty you know it's like that kind of stuff or um you, you know um I love I love the probably one of my favorite things cause I did it recently was where you pay to get the information on how to get through the the graveyard like I forgot um 
and it, it's northwest southwest i believe is how, how you get to the graveyard but i couldn't i kind of went through it a few times the the forest maze and i was like all right i know where to find it but i i i think i forget every single time that when you get in that cave don't give him your mac the max amount of money because I think you can, you can give him 10, 20, or 50 rupees for information. And if you give him 50, all he says is, man, you're rich. Right. <laughs> that's so cool. Like that's a, And I swear I fall for it every time. Like, oh, I'm only supposed to give him 20, and he'll tell me the, the way. I'm not, like, showing off and giving him 50. Um, just cool little secrets just scattered throughout this world are... Well, and secrets that you need to actually find in order mm-hmm. to advance the game. And this is probably why... I just mentioned the show that I, when I play games now, I I'll just go, you know, I'll go left, I'll, I'll explore that corner over there, I'll try to find everything because I might need it or it might unlock something, and it all stems I think from Zelda because if you don't mm-hmm. explore, I think one of the examples and I forget what level it was, you find a raft in one of the dungeons, mm-hmm. and you need that raft to get to the next to world. find a different dungeon. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if you don't find that, then you're just going to be wandering around the rest of the world. Yeah trying to figure out where the next dungeon is yeah you get you get the raft in in level three and you can't get to level four without it um yeah stuff like that's so cool so you got the overworld you got your dungeons um you know and and your different enemies the skeletons you can see that are holding a key inside them that you have uh-huh. to kill like just stuff like that's so cool but um what you guys' favorite like do you are you dungeon runners or are you i think we've all kind of talked about that we're we're explorers like is anyone here just a dungeon runner though no, I hate the I hate the fucking dungeons. Honestly, well, it's like Caleb said earlier. This is not my favorite Zelda game. I mean, I recognize it's important, mm-hmm. but I I don't like playing this one because it has it still carries over so many um, so many things from earlier games. Um, and while it set a lot of it set a lot of things in motion, it still carries over like a lot of ideas of well, it's not a platformer. It's kind of a bullet <laughs> hell game. There's a lot of mm-hmm. you know there are a lot of areas where if you don't really know how to handle things, it seems like there's a lot of shit coming at you at once. Um, which is cool. I mean, it's all it's all great, but I don't know. I I probably like exploring more than running dungeons. But that being said, that this is not my favorite Zelda game to explore in by any means. Mm-hmm. The dungeons are um, they're interesting because it's more about the mo- the difficulty is about the mob and how many enemies and if there's like two or three different uh, maybe there's only ever two different types of enemies in one room. But those are what get those are are, are what's going to take down your health. When you finally get to the boss, you usually can kill him within you know a hit or two. Yeah. So it's not it's which is kind of reversed from Dark Souls, where the boss is usually the most difficult part of the, of the area. Um, here in Zelda, you know, usually when you get to the boss, you just, it's a cakewalk. It was it's getting to the boss that's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I like and most bosses have kind of a weak point. Like there's the like the one we talked about. That you can. You can do with bombs, but Dodongo, the tri- the Triceratops, uh-huh. you got to feed him. You got to feed him the bombs. You got to line up and get right. in front of him and yep. feed him the bombs. Like the Dodongo dislikes smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> from the uh, walkthrough that I watched, is it's cool how the bosses from from previous from earlier dungeons become kind of like sub bosses, mm-hmm. or they'll throw like one at one point they throw three Dodongos at you, three uh-huh. Triceratops at you in one room. But by then you figured out how to beat them, you know. So that's how they they slowly amp up the difficulty that way. Yeah, and like Alex just said, like I think it's in uh, 
during that dungeon, you run into the to the old man, the wizard, whatever he is, and he tells you to dongle, don't like smoke, and you have to figure out like, oh well, that that was clear. But there's other ones like I think in in the third uh, level where you get in, he says, did you find the sword at the top of the waterfall? And you're like, oh shit, like I yeah. can have a new sword right now. Like now, yeah. now I just want to get out of here and go find this waterfall. Like one of them was like this. There's a secret on the the east, the east peninsula. Eastmost peninsula like is the yeah yeah holds holds What's over the there? secret. Um, what is he talking about there? I'm, I don't think I, I I didn't look it up. The secret so on the easternmost peninsula is like that's definitely one of them, but I forget what he's talking about. I feel like that's a bomb room, and I forget what's inside there, but I could be mistaken. It's been a yeah, minute since I've played that. Because it's in the dungeon. I, it might be one of those bomb rooms just kind of have like one of those coin rooms in it. I think there's a couple of those in the dungeons where you bomb through a wall, and it's just like a room full of coins that you can find. Um, but mm-hmm. there might be – he might be kind of hinting towards towards a weapon, but it's just a great I, – I hope that we just kind of inspired – listeners just to go back and replay this game i agree with alex and caleb i think all of us do that it's not the best it's not my favorite zelda game um but it's a lot like mario where mario 3 mario world are are the best mario games um but where what what's everyone's favorite zelda game because link to the past which i think is takes the most hints or influence from this first game is my favorite zelda game the the snes zelda is my favorite zelda game that and Ocarina of Time are kind of my, yeah. they kind of trade off. Like some days I feel like, you know, Ocarina is number one and sometimes it's, you know, Link to the Past. I have a special soft spot for Super Nintendo games. Um, so generally speaking, Link to the Past is number one. Mm-hmm. But um, I do have a soft spot for virtual horses. So, you know, yeah. sometimes. That too. I'm Ocarina a, uh, wins. Oh, he probably a, a good horse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Wind Waker. Wind Waker is my favorite, and it's kind of like with Caleb. It's sort of that trades off with uh, Link to the Past quite a bit for me. It's just depending on how I'm feeling that day. Um, I feel like a Link to the Past is the best of the 2D Zeldas, uh, mm-hmm. and to me, Wind Waker was kind of a masterclass in what the 3D Zeldas could have been. Um, the remastered version of that that cuts down on some of the tedium is definitely worth picking up, um, but if you can't get your hands on it, if you don't own a Wii U, uh, what are you doing? But also, uh, play it on GameCube. It's or or the Wii because uh, the Wii will play GameCube games. Um, Wind Waker's good, man, and I feel like a lot of people give it give it shit because it was cel shaded, but uh, it it even stands the test of time. It's a good ass game. Oh yeah, for for that point in gaming, like that was such a great graphical way to go. Like a lot of the 3D graphical games from that era don't age well. But no, Wind because Waker you, age is amazing. Yeah, which I don't want to stay on that too long, but when you when you aim for photorealism in, in digital graphics, it will get dated at some point. We are not mm-hmm. even in 2016 at a point where that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. But when you stylize things the right way, I mean, look at World of Warcraft. They stylized the shit out of that game, and to this day, it doesn't look great, but it doesn't look like a game that came out in 2004. And granted, there's yeah. been some upgrades, but shit holds up, you know? Colin, well, I thought I had played... Um... I thought I had played almost all the Zelda games, but looking at <laughs> at all the titles, I'm like, oh, I, I haven't even played a third of the Zelda. I don't games. think I've played man. a single handheld game. So what? I got yeah, the, the handheld games. I missed the uh, the game the GameCube. Uh, I have a Wii, didn't get the Wii U. Um, so there's there's a lot there's a lot of titles. I mean, there's a link on almost every title or a Zelda game on almost every title, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely, every, every console. So or if not one, multiple. So I played a good chunk of them. I think Ocarina of Time definitely stands out for me as my favorite. 
though. Cool. Um, I played Twilight Princess. I enjoyed it. Um, didn't I missed the Minish Cap minutes? Missed Wind Waker. Um, although I want to play it, but um, uh, yeah, I think Ocarina is is my top. Cool. All right, Rec- recommend J- you me missed one. Jamie. You missed Jamie. Oh, Jamie. Yeah. What's what, what's your favorite Zelda? I Ocarina was too complicated for me. There was too many too many buttons on that N sixty four controller. Then you, <laughs> then you had to remember all of the stupid songs for the flute and all that kind of stuff. What was the yeah. one before that though? The one that was for the, SNES. To the past. Yeah, that was the best one. Yeah. yeah. That's the best. Yeah, and Ocarina, you got to put up with uh, with Navy. Listen. Oh, no, my Listen. God. Na- I thought it was Navi. I give it Navi. That's what I always say. I always say Navy. I don't know. I don't. Stupid little sprite on your shoulder. Pulling <laughs> it across <laughs> the Listen. room. Listen. Listen. All right, guys. Well, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and wrap it up. Like I said, let's go back and pick up this game or pick up a Zelda game. Um, just recognize the influence that it was. And I'm sure if you're listening to Geek Squatch, I'm sure that you've played and loved this game and have, you know, memories like we do of it. So, um, does anyone have anything at the end they want to add about, about this game? I want to get off and, and go finish my playthrough. I know, right? I think I'm going to put it on, put it on the, uh, the old Nintendo box I made and see it and maybe get the, get the crew on it. Yeah, See what they think. Yeah. I think it's definitely worth. It. If you haven't played the game, if you like Zelda, if the the, the newer Zelda games, definitely come back and play this game. If you haven't, mm-hmm. um, it, it lays the foundation for not only Zelda but for our action adventure games that we play today. Absolutely, it's the benchmark for action adventure games that going forward for everything you've played. But we've hit on that a couple times. So, and huge influence on RPG games. You know that yeah. overworld, the way that the kind of the world is laid out, the the enemy structure, the dungeon structure. You know, it didn't have like a an experience point system in it like RPGs are, are um, you know, known for. But outside of that, you know, it was it was a good, great RPG game as well. Well, so. we didn't talk about this, and I don't want to harp on it, but I also do like the simplicity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, wa- watching the walkthrough, it was like, man. Like games now are way more complicated, and there's a lot more mechanics and, and and more menus and all that sort of stuff. And and Zelda is very simplified, but it's also um, it's very well balanced too. And and it, and it has enough to make it an interesting puzzle action adventure experience. Yeah. It doesn't really need more. And and they build on build more, you know, in in the the subsequent titles. But but this game has plenty. Uh, to keep you busy and, and to be an interesting experience. Except for that final dungeon, that shit is not simple. <laughs> yeah. That thing yeah. takes over half of the game world screens as the overworld does itself. Uh-huh. It's yeah. huge. It's, it's, oh, ha- wow. it's half again the size of the overworld. It's fucking nuts. And it's Ganon's face, isn't it? It's like a skull. It's it's yeah. it's Death Mountain is where you're at. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't say that, but every single dungeon is a shape mm-hmm. um, of and, some kind. And real quick, we didn't mention that there's New Game Plus. There's a, after you beat it once, you go back in, and there's Second Quest Zelda, where they kind of shuffle up where the dungeons are. Some of are in, some are in weird ass spots. Some are in old other dungeon areas. Um, you get weapons in different orders. Um, things are generally more difficult. And what's cool about that is each each dungeon is the shape of a letter that spells out Zelda. Yeah, and um, you can also you can access that by naming your character Zelda in the beginning of the game yeah. and just start that from the beginning. Yeah, and that was a cool little uh, thing that you found out as a kid too. Like, oh, cool, that's a little trick, you know. I got the little sword icon next to my next to my guy. That means I'm on second quest. So, all right, guys, well, cool. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, well, we're gonna be right back. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back with uh, Crypto Geekology, and we will see you then. <laughs> 
Alright guys, welcome back. We are going to change gears here from talking about The Legend of Zelda and we're going to get on to do the Crypto Geekology trivia like we do every week. Um, I'm going to update you on our scoreboard real quick and like we all feared, um, <laughs> we're coming to the end of the year and something awful happened last week guys, something terrible. Caleb pulled away somehow. We're all like within a couple points. Um, it is Caleb at 17. It is myself, Brandon, at 12. Alex with 11. And Colin at 10. Mm, um, I blame myself. It's it's all my fault. I don't know what. I honestly, I don't know what happened. Um, but it was ugly. Um, so let's I see. I thought it was really can, pretty, actually. But that's yeah, I bet. I bet yeah, you did. You're I bet sure, you did. So. We're gonna wrap up at the end of the year, um, and then we'll start some new standings for the next year. And um, we would love to get. I would. Jamie would love to get some question submissions. Yes. From you oh guys, my god, that'd be audience. amazing. So we're gonna have to find a way to get you guys to DM her um, specifically for that stuff. But anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Jamie and let her do the trivia. All right, it is crypto geekology time, and we're gonna go. Uh, let's see. So we start from the bottom, right? So Colin, you're gonna go first. Yes. Yes. And then Alex, Brandon, and Caleb. Yes. I have that right. Right. Correct. Mm. Fabulous. So, Colin, your choices tonight. Movie quotes, 80s, non-sports, sci-fi, comics and books, fictional lands, music, and or video games. Well, I only ever pick, like, three categories, so I'm just going (laughs) to continue with that. It's working for you. Because I need to make up some room. (laughs) Well, that's a good point, actually. Um, Let's go with music. Muzka. Angel, me, Julie... And it wasn't me. Are all hits by the artist? Oh god damn it! That's so easy. How much time do I get to think on this one? Because last week I didn't think at all. <laughs> can I? Can you get him again? Can, can you hit me again? Angel, me, Julie, and it wasn't me. Are all hits by what artist? And if at least one of those are not Dude. playing in your head, you're a bad person. <laughs> Do you remember that time she caught you left? Well, right hey, 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 Aerosmith floor? Angel. Aerosmith saying Angel. I'm going to go with that. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with no. I think Al- uh, Alex, Alex had that, that steal. Absolutely yes. shaggy. Shaggy. If she, if she had given you, if she had given you Bombastic, you would have gotten it. Well, anybody would have yeah. gotten Bombastic. Nothing would have saved Colin on that. I think, I think that's the, the Angel one, though. Girl, you're my yeah. Angel, right? Yeah. That one? Yeah. yeah, that was in that's, my head, but I couldn't yeah. figure out Shaggy. Like Shaggy wasn't in there. He's not. He's Shaggy's the only man. Shaggy's the only man that Go. makes uh, fake reggae music for goblins. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't him. It's so fun. I love Shaggy. <laughs> so it makes bad. me so happy. All uh, right, Alex. Uh, Alex. Fucking just fuck my shit up, man. Give me that fictional land. And it better be Hyrule yep, or two, I have two areas, especially. <laughs> Well, none of the above, my friend. We're going Harry Potter. Fuck. In Quidditch, what is the time limit for each game? Brandon. Uh, Is this a trick question? No. Shit, I didn't think there was a time limit. I just thought you had to get that snatch. (laughs) The snitch. Um, (laughs) uh, That's something else. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm going to say I am not a so Harry Potter gonna guy. Go I'm going to say um, I've got like three people in my house right now that would murder me for losing this. Uh, uh, three days, 72 hours. <laughs> no. <laughs> a fortnight. A fortnight. That's, that's my answer. Cricket. I don't know. 
No. Um, I was just gonna guess. Uh, uh, forty-five minutes. No. This is so sad. I'm gonna guess a real answer. Real, real guess. Okay. That was my joke guess earlier. Seven minutes. That was no. my real guess. I really, I thought they could seven go seven minutes. They fill so wait, a stadium. Oh, so wait, hold on. It's regulation time. The entire game. Oh, I thought it was like a round or whatever. In Quidditch, <laughs> what is the time limit for each game? I'll go with one hour. That is incorrect. Oh, Alex, you're going to be so sad. Uh, there is no time limit. Oh, you're kidding me. That's why I asked it was a trick question. Oh, Damn it, I knew that you shit. They, Don't listen to Caleb. They play he, he until the know. secret I said a Fortnite. A Fortnite, I think, is close to see the right answer. Damn it. Oh, that's that so That is why upsetting. I said that shit, because I knew it, because I knew you had to wait until you catch this. I know. God damn it. Oh, I know, and I was really hoping you would just go with that. All right. All right. And you didn't. Wow. <sighs> rough, rough. Brandon, rough, rough. redeem us, please. Uh, I'll try with uh, video games. Video games. What is the name of the fearless frog featured in the game? Frogger. He has a fucking name? What? Would you like the multiple uh, choice? Yes, okay. please. Uh, he didn't have a name. B, Little Greeny. C, Mr. French. Or D, Frogger. Caleb. Son of a bitch. God, I want to see Mr. French so bad. <laughs> if it's not, that should have been. His name is Pepe. <laughs> wait, wait. I'm going to get... Okay, I'm just going to say... I'm going to... Jamie and her trick questions is They're probably not A. They're trick questions. But I'm going to go... For, I'm going to just go fuck Frogger. I'm just going to say Frogger. I was going to say fuck Frogger is not part of it. Uh, yes, Frogger is correct. Uh, that was yes! Correct, I guess. Thank God. I know. Mr. French would be amazing, though. I, still, I really want to I might only call French. him Mr. French from be, now on. <laughs> I still say it should be Pepe. 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 Careful now. That's that's Pepe. a racist symbol these days. I know. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Caleb. Yes. Movie quotes, 80s, non-sports, comics and books, or fictional lands. Comics oh, no, we did. And books. We did fictional lands. We did fictional lands. I crossed off the wrong thing, so. Oh, sci-fi still on there. Okay. Comics and books. Comics and books. Okay. According to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, what is the most intelligent life form on planet Earth? Dolphins. That is incorrect. Brandon. Take it. Whales. No. Fuck. It's fucking Douglas Adams, man. So it's probably something I don't even remember because it's been forever. It's probably something utterly stupid. It's it's probably in that opening monologue too. Colin. Yeah, Uh, I go slugs. No. God, it's been forever. I used to love that book. That leaves Alex if you want to take a steal. It's turtles. Nope. It's mice. Mice. Damn it! It's right. That's so true too. I'm much more of a Terry. I'm more of a Terry Pratchett fan than a Douglas Adams fan myself. Douglas Adams gets me because he was the first guy to do it. So his like like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is fine, but all the people who have adopted that like fucking sense of humor grate me in just the worst yeah. way. Just the even absolute. Pratchett. Come on, Terry. Pratchett I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan. I do like that it's turtles all the way down. I do appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> turtles and elephants. All right, what the fuck is all next? That. It's Caleb's all turn, that. right? All right, we're back Colin. to Colin. You've got movie quotes, 80s, non-sports, sci-fi, or comic books. No, we just did comic no, books. No, we just did comic books, so not that one. 
Pass. No, you can't I, pass. But I choose playground because eighties non non sports. Non sports. Non sports. Uh, non sports was chosen this week by Caleb, so just take that into account. Dodgeball is our non sport, and which of these is or was not the name of a dodgeball team? Sumo Storm, Chicago Hitmen, Denver Dodgers, Stallion Battalion. In like the official dodgeball league? That is what? correct. Extreme okay. dodgeball is a real and true sport as uh, shown on the Game Show Network. They got to keep those folks in business. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, I've watched some of that. No, some well then you should know. I have. Totally I'm going to go with them. the Chicago Hit because I have no clue. Chicago no, Hitmen. I know that is a that's, team. It's got to be real. I'm gonna, I'm, it sounds real, but it could be, you know. I'm going to go know. with the Stallions. I think that's fake. That is incorrect. Oh. Okay, give me the other. Give me the last two. Well, no. If I give it to you now, it's like it's uh, okay. There was the Denver. I'm gonna go. I'll guess the Denver one thing. So there was a Denver one. That is correct. Denver Dodgers is uh, fake. That's what I'm talking about. There was a team called the Denver Hurlers, which I feel like they just missed out they on were, some alliteration. There, they were yeah. pansies though. Pansies. Bunch of pansies. Damn it. Sorry. Yeah, but no Denver, Denver Dodgers. Hurlers. Stallion Battalion is a fucking cool name. It really is. I love that one. Um, let's see. All right, so non sports goes away. Okay, Alex. what are my categories now? I'm sorry. Movie quotes, 80s, sci fi. <sighs> All right, we're going to go with, let's go with sci fi. Watching Alex's exasperation as he chooses categories is like my favorite <laughs> it's part. It's so week. bad. <laughs> it's like life and death. <laughs> what am I going to choose? Oh, no. What was Mr. Spock's father's name? He's just shaking his head. I yeah, have this no doesn't play on, a, on a video on an audio media, but I am like not into no. this. Um, I can see his face in my head. That's what's scary. Yeah, I can too. Oh, the father. Um, yeah. yeah. In the new movie, I can. Uh, I want to say Bach, but that's not right. I just yeah, I don't. I don't even have an answer for this. I'm, his, his name was Theodore. <laughs> Maybe translated. Teddy? <laughs> no, it wasn't Theodore. Rubskin? Are we just doing word association now? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's horrible. I don't think any of us are going to get that. Nope. I'm a Nobody TNG guy, 100%, Garner, and even that, I, I was never like I a mega nothing. fan. So. Yeah, he was in TNG, though. So. Yeah, he came on at least once. Sarek. 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 Sorry, Sarek. Nobody knows you. <laughs> you are not a, a remembered Vulcan. All right. I don't really regret this because I never get them right, but I'll try the movie quotes. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You always end up with it too. You're like, and I ah. never, and I never get it right. As much as I love movies, I watch so many movies, and I just don't. And I quote movies all the time. I know, and you guys okay. always have a really hard time with it. So I've been trying to go easier, and it's not helping. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so your movie quote this week is. Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good, good evening night. Good evening and good night. Colin. I love it. It's the Truman Show. That is correct. See, there's Great hope. Job. Great job, buddy. I say that all. Oh, I yeah. say that often. Brent, you have three right today, tonight. Yeah, Bro, a, give me that 15. Roll, oh, 80s right, for me. I'm about to steal Caleb's point, too. Oh, fingers crossed. Trying to capitalize on the success of Izod's lizard, Sears created its own knockoff using what creature? 
Brandon. I saw it was the polos the, the horse, the polo rider. I'm gonna go. I want to say. I'm gonna go with a lion. Oh, there's so many wrong things with what just happened right Why? now. <laughs> what? Because. What? Your rationale, you're like, Izod was the horse. When in the question... No, no, I didn't say that. I said... You did. Ra- oh, did I say Izod? said Polo. Was I, said oh, okay. Ra- I said Polo, like uh, a Ralph Lauren horse. Okay. I, I, I heard you say Izod was no, no, the no. horse. No, no, no. I didn't say Izod I was like, well, it says in the question that Izod was the lizard. No, Izod's, I said Izod's the lizard, Ralph Polo. Ralph Lauren is the Polo rider. Right. Yeah. And, and you're wrong anyway. Well, I understand that. <laughs> Thank you very much <laughs> for nothing. So, well, this is a Sears clothing brand yeah sears wanted to jump on that bandwagon and they so you're just looking for the creature they used for their mascot or whatever for their logo yeah i saw it had the little lizard all right it was definitely a spider (laughs) no it definitely wasn't (laughs) is it i'll guess is it alligator no that's lacoste I looked oh, over my Spider-Man okay. comics as I was like trying to brainstorm on what <laughs> if it was. I had to make a guess. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say an iguana. Oh no! What was it? A dragon. A dra- oh, Damn, that's man. pretty cool. I think that he went through my. Were you at Izod? Sears cool. taking the real animals out there. That <laughs> 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 no, fucked up. All right, so, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. So that concludes crypto. So we got uh, Caleb still at. You didn't get any. I didn't get any. I'm still at seventeen. Caleb's still sitting at seventeen. I jumped up to fifteen. Boo. Alex, you're at twelve. Colin, you're still at ten. I got as and... many as Caleb this time, though. Yep, yeah, that's true. You always have. You always have. I that. think we have two. I think we have three <laughs> weeks left. Maybe two. Know. Anyway, I'm not sure, but we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm gonna work. For, I'm gonna work hard for you for that crown. <laughs> There's hope. Alex and Ke- Alex right and Colin are going to leave me the, all the steals just to upset Caleb for the rest of the year. <laughs> right? Let's get this is looking yep. collusion in there. Collusion, all right, guys. Yeah. Thanks again for listening this week to The Legend of Zelda on Geek Squatch. We want you to go ahead and go over to the ninjapancake.com and check out our podcast network. They got a ton of other good shows over there for you guys to listen to. If you're video game fans, if you're just nerds in general, get over there and check those out and those shows and give them a listen and a like and a follow. Um, we want to thank Speaker Freaks for the Geek Squatch theme that we open and close every show with. Go check them out at speakerfreaks.com. Their music is good stuff, guys. Um, subscribe to us at Geek Squatch on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Geek Squatch Pod. You can email us at er, podcast at geeksquatch.com and go to the website, geeksquatch.com, and you can check out our host profiles. You can check out our feed for shows and all of that stuff so we're gonna close out with everyone just kind of letting us know what you're up to and where we can find you jamie uh, still a whole lot of nothing uh, a lot of pictures of my kids on instagram if you want to go to at traffic jamie oh and, and me sleeping oh yeah no that's not on instagram but it's on it can facebook be. it probably will, will be on be. instagram Caleb taking a grandpa nap. that shit was great mm-hmm. i do that shit i do that shit I'm all the time killing it <laughs> i needed it real bad <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Alex. What? 
<laughs> no, um, <laughs> working the, work, work the fans uh, clamor. Yeah, all the, yeah, all those folks. Um, if you want to watch me lose followers every week for a series of uh, abrasive tweets, hit me up on Twitter at w a hirsch. And if you want to play some of them games uh, where I will punch your face in with a big old robot, hit me up on uh, any gaming platform as Grustamar G R U S T A M A R. Thank you. <laughs> Sweet, Colin. <laughs> So if I haven't like if Twitter hasn't hooked me yet, is nah, it ever gonna hook me? Probably no. not. I'm I'm there. Get on that, dude. Yeah. Get on that young so people's I'm, tip. Like, I pop on every every so and so, and you know I get it, but I, I'm just I don't I don't rely on that for my news. I guess right. um, that's probably it. That's probably why. Anyway, um, I am on Twitter. Um, I I tweet infrequently, but I'm there if you wanna hit me up there. Uh, I am at Perkline, and then I'm on video games at Brokebox. Uh, two words, and I'm on all major console platforms. Cool. Nice. Caleb, what are you up to? Uh, I'm on Twitter at CalebMCC. Um, you can also find me on Xbox at ItSpaceResolves. Uh, I'm also thinking about doing some more Magic the Gathering tweeting and stuff since I'm doing a work tournament. Um, you can follow me at it underscore resolves on twitter as well uh yeah that's it nice i am at sesame seed 83 on twitter although a lot like colin i'm super infrequent on there um but if you want to hit me up on xbox send me a message or a friend request and we can play some games i am sesame seed zero one and that's what we got for you guys this week we love you thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week peace Call your mom. I love these stuff. Mom wants you to call her. Do them dirty in front of the games. Give her a long voicemail. Yeah. Catch him. Catch him. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm very uncomfortable.